When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Hey, you held him at 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? Yes, is that, is that going to be the vibe in the Vikings locker room? After an NFC Championship game win and a trip to the Super Bowl in 2023, huh? Hmm? What? I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. What? I tuned that entire playing? thing out. What? I tuned that entire thing out. Plenty no, of course of it will to be. be done. Of course it will be. Super Bowl appearance number five. Yes, coming right up. But if that is to happen for the first time since the 1970s, some things need to be finely tuned defensively, which we'll get to a stat that we brought up on Mackie and Judd today, but also offensively. And on today's episode, we're going to look back. Ben Gessling wrote an article a couple weeks ago for the Star Tribune entitled Vikings Banking on the Relationship Between Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins. Some interesting things in here. And we're going to dive into what that relationship could look like and what the next level to the offense could be if those guys are on the same page. But this is Purple Daily. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, our executive producer, it's presented by our friends at Surly Brewing Company and by TCL, which has a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. We reject 500 football. We want the Vikings to win a championship before we die on this show. So Correct. sometimes there's some tough love, Correct. some negativity, if you want to call it that. But ultimately, yeah. everyone on this show and the, th- the millions and, and- millions of Purple Daily followers and Scornoth followers all align. We want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. All right. We are providing motivation on a daily basis <laughs> to right. the people in Egan, Minnesota. Yes. So let's dive in here, and we will do a mock a day. There's a very interesting one on ESPN.com today. But Ben Gessling wrote a couple weeks ago, Vikings banking on the relationship between Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins. I'm just going to read you a couple little snippets here and get your thoughts. For the first time as a starting quarterback, Cousins will take snaps confident in his relationship with his head coach and confident that it's on solid footing. Mm -hmm. Very fair. At least with the Vikings. At at the end, him and Jay Gruden were on the same page, but I think at the beginning, like maybe the Jay Gruden thing was okay. People who know both Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins have described a strong connection between the two dating back to the Washington season in 2017. O'Connell is well acquainted with Cousins' fondness for process that distills clear expectations of what a play is supposed to accomplish. Quote from O'Connell, 
When we talk about the absence of communication, some negativity can seep in. Sound familiar? <laughs> uh, like when your head coach is refusing to connect with your quarterback and you know, there's just not a connection there? In the absence of structure, a lot of questioning can sneak in, and that's our job ahead of time. If you're running a lot of plays where you don't definitively know this is what we want to happen on this play, it leaves too much gray area, in my opinion. Hopefully we're spending our week of preparation clearly defining a plan of attack for not only Kirk, but our entire offense. When I read this, I hear communication, 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 not just for 45 minutes a week, but we are going to be attached at the hip dissecting and discussing the game plan, the expectations, which plays we want to be home runs, which plays we want to not throw a game away. We're going to prepare together. We're going to collaborate. And we're going to focus on the details of the offense that can help the Vikings in those margins. Like, I got all of that listening to Kevin O'Connell in in this article and just listening to him the last time he spoke at a podium. What do you guys think? What do you make of of the the early discussions about Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins working together compared to the last few seasons? I think it's um, absolutely uh, a thought process that we've talked about on this show for a long time, and that's the fact that good or bad, and I don't consider it ideal to be clear, but good or bad, uh, Kirk needs somebody to take him by the hand and guide him. And not, not only did Mike not do do that but mike clearly from the day that kirk was signed and this goes back to rick resented kirk so this is look there are quarterbacks kirk's age who would like to be communicated with and that's absolutely essential but i think that they would find a way to survive regardless mm-hmm. and then there's a guy like kirk and kirk is mentality wise i think again a gifted athlete like Okay, his feet aren't great, but the man can throw a football a long ways. The man can do a lot of things that a lot of probably good quarterbacks can't do. But the one thing that he needs is supreme guidance. And the one thing, because because I think he is so OCD and perfectionist-oriented, um, he needs an overriding voice to help him out to overcome those things. So when Kirk is left to his own devices, my opinion is he – overthinks things he resists the temptation to take risks which at times is great all the time it's not so i think o'connell knowing kirk very well sees an opportunity here to basically say i can put my stamp on this guy now can he i have no clue perhaps he he can i hope he can it'll be more fun but that's what i hear i i hear uh because Mike was probably the worst coach possible for Kirk. But you know what, Phil? To your point, Jay Gruden didn't work eventually either. Mm -hmm. So this is really going to to come down to, and I've used this term as a joke, but it's not. This is literally going to come down to sort of the puppeteering of Kirk. Because if you find the guy that can puppeteer him perfectly, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. But if you say, hey, Kirk, you got it now. Go out there and you just do it. I have serious questions about his ability to function alone. But to function with with true, true uh, 24-7 support, I think it's possible, and we're about to find out. So I think this gets to be very in-depth and intriguing in that so sense. So it's interesting because I think a lot of people hear what you just said and think you're, you're talking about Kirk as if there's some, something deficient 
Look at the rest of the team. There's a list of 10 things that you would poke at before you get to the guy that throws for 4,000 yards and 33 touchdowns. Why are you talking about Kirk like he's needs to do better or needs to reach another level? And I have a couple thoughts on that in a second. But, Declan, what are you most looking forward to in the KOC-Kirk relationship here? Starting, By the way, starting this week with the, the uh, optional... I guess would you call it just like the optional off-season workout program? It's like classroom stuff and, mm-hmm. and weight room stuff, okay. yeah, starting today. The thing I'm looking forward to, and it's it's with Kirk, but it's also in the offense as a whole. I think it's honestly a disappointment that the last two years this offense has had all the playmakers and they still haven't been legitimately a top-10 scoring offense. With everyone in here, all these horses at play, they should be a top-5 offense. And to be honest, with this defense hopefully being somewhat improved next year, but certainly isn't going to be a juggernaut, they need their offense to be top five. Like, if their defense can be situationally great, which I know we talked about on Mackie and Judd today, because last year it was situationally awful, especially inside of two minutes, but this offense has to be a top five offense. So can Kevin O'Connell finally lean into that and make this Vikings offense look legitimately like a top five offense? It's, it's honestly insane when you have Jefferson Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and Orb Smith was out last year. You have all three of those guys plus Kirk Cousins, and it's not yeah. a top five offense. Can Kevin O'Connell do that? Yeah. And so, like, with, with like Dex just highlighted one of the deficiencies, right? Like, you look at the big numbers, he's, oh, 4,000 yards and 33 touchdowns, this and that. But then you start to look at, okay, points per game for the whole offense. They were 14th. Third down conversion. Do you think of the, the great offenses? How do they not just put up yards, but how do they put up meaningful yards? Well, third down yards are meaningful if they're cashing in with first downs, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the, who would you say in general are like the two best offenses in the league? Kansas City, Buffalo, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're definitely in the top three yeah. or five. Yeah. Yeah. Kansas City, 53% on third down last year. Buffalo, yep. 47%, number one and number two. Vikings were 26th, 36% on third down, just ahead of the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Panthers. Yep, that's the that's the company the Vikings are in when the opposing team knows they're going to pass. So how can they create more deception when the opposing team knows you're going to pass? Right. How can you still convert on third down? And some of this is Kirk, some of this is offensive line because guess what? When you have a bad offensive line and those defensive linemen know you're going to pass, you're going to get forklifted off the line of scrimmage more often. So can they do things schematically, developmental wise, with some of these offensive linemen? Bringing in a couple veterans to compete for right guard is a good step forward. Chris Reed has a better chance than Oli Udo to hold up on a third and nine, right? But I have, and I wrote, I actually wrote about this on scorenorth.com. That's right. I wrote about this on scorenorth.com. is back. You're damn right. He's back with a pen and a vengeance. You like that? Three key areas that I would love starting today when they can, I'm sure they've been texting back and forth, but like when you can get in a room with the whole offense and Kirk, and you can watch film, and you can talk playbook and everything starting this week and then going throughout the offseason. Three major themes that can help turn Kirk Cousins into more of what Matthew Stafford became under Sean McVay and under Kevin O'Connell. And the first category is performance under pressure. And you could take this one of two ways, like theoretical pressure, but I'm talking about actual physical pressure the opposing team is barreling down on you when conditions are clean cousins is one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl every number supports it he's accurate he's throwing touchdown passes when he gets to drop back and he gets three seconds and boom throw a ball down the field like he dissects defenses 
But when opposing teams generate pressure, he's actually below average to one of the worst starting quarterbacks in many key categories. His performance suffers because a lot of people are, you know, and you're right, like, well, all quarterbacks are worse under pressure. That's correct. His performance suffers more when he gets pressured than other quarterbacks do. He was 32nd in the NFL last year in yards per attempt under pressure. Matthew Stafford was number one, and Joe mm-hmm. Burrow was right there, number two. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson's number three. Like, if you're mobile, it helps, right? Russell Wilson just flushes out, keeps the play alive. But, Sta- but Stafford is the guy that everyone now says, well, he, he is, is this guy. Yep. So why, why was Cousins, and now, now, now Stafford threw more interceptions under pressure, but didn't yeah. hinder him too much. They won well, the Super Bowl. You, that's why. So why is Stafford number one and Cousins number 32? Now, some of it's probably baked into their DNA, and yeah, there's a reason yeah. why Stafford was the number one pick. But is there something schematically, creatively, coaching-wise that Kevin O'Connell can bring to Cousins, not to make him number one in yards per attempt under pressure, but to make him not 32nd? Well, That's the, one of the first things I would look at. I think the most important part, though, the starting point of that question so, like, because, yes, there, there are schemes. I mean, remember, the Vikings are are the team that said, we might have Justin Jefferson, but the Lions took him away, and we could no longer throw him the football, okay? That's the most BS thing ever. Mm-hmm. So, yes, schematically, 100% there are, are things. But let's talk about the number one on that list, and this is where O'Connell comes in. It is this. Stafford, and it's going to sound crazy, Stafford was empowered to make mistakes. Which means if you throw a pick, you throw a pick. I mean, that's very clear. Yep. That is very clear. And he threw some bad picks. But guess what? Those weren't his. It wasn't just him saying, you know what? On this next down, I'm going to throw a horse bleep pass. It was him with the coaching staff in cahoots saying, this is a chance we have to take. And sometimes it's going to work. In other words, in the Super Bowl, when he threw a no-look pass, which I contend to this day, Kirk Cousins would never throw. Now, perhaps he will in 2022. So I do think that the well, DNA... Let's pump the brakes on that. No, no looks in the first year. Maybe year two with okay. Kirk and uh, <laughs> Okay, but the point is... Let's not is, get too crazy here. But, but the guy. point is that pass was crazy and crazy good, and that, and that pass was absolutely instrumental in the Rams yeah. winning a championship. So I think that this... The starting point is this one. Can you get Kirk past his past his apprehension about playing it safe? And this is where I think the O'Connell thing, Phil, to, to go, go down this whole path becomes incredibly intriguing. Because I think privately what Kevin O'Connell is saying is he's got – Kirk's got the ability. I got the brain. Like if you put my, my head on Kirk's body, we would have a Pro Bowl quarterback who would be great. So this gets to be the very intriguing question of can Kevin O'Connell basically get into Kirk's brain and say, this is what you need to do. Yeah. Because Kirk, look, if Kirk was in his second year, it would be like, okay, here's a young quarterback who's risk adverse. And we get that. Let's change him. But Kirk's 34, right? So, so like at some point in time, you are who, who you are, which is the good and the bad. So Kevin O'Connell is banking that very late, really, in Kirk's career, he can get into Kirk's mind and change the risk aversion, which at some point in time has to go away to make big plays. Yep. Now, there's another aspect of this, which is, especially under pressure, can, can you just reduce the amount of pressure that he has to face? And the answer is yes. Like the Vikings, you know, we brought this stat up last week, ESPN.com. 
the Vikings were like 25th in pass block win rate or something. And the Rams were number one in pass block win rate, despite not having any Pro Bowl or all pro offensive linemen. Sure. So what are they doing schematically? They also just don't have like the Ole Udo weak link or the Garrett Bradbury weak link. But they have a very Garrett Bradbury-like center in Brian Allen, I believe his name is. And they turned him into yes. a good, solid player. So can you reduce the you know can you can you get up to like you know fifteenth in pass block win rate? Yes. Are you going to eliminate pressure? No, because you're going to face some of the best defensive fronts in the NFL as you go through your season, and teams are going to find a way schematically to get pressure on you. You have to counter by still converting big plays, right? And it's a chess match. Yes, it definitely is. And the other thing about pressure though is pressure also presents opportunity. What you have to do is make the play. So like. There are times when the pressure is coming that somebody's open because of said pressure, right? So so the question becomes, can they get Kirk to hit on a play which carries danger, but if it's successful, is worth a big gain? See, th- those are all the things. This is where I think this experiment is going to be so telling. Yeah. Because if you do this right, you do create opportunity that that uh, poor Clint Kubiak had no chance at, uh, but probably takes things up from, from where Stefanski and Gary had things, which was pretty good. But can you take that up a notch as well? Yeah. Uh, category number two that I would love to see KOC and Kirk Cousins work on throughout this offseason coming up in a second here. But mark your calendars, everyone. Thursday, April 28th, Surly Brewing Company, Purple Daily. That's right. Dex rocking the purple Surly shirt today. Judd's on brand my there. Surly shirt. Hold on a second here. They're Love it. To move, move the right way. Thank you, Judd. It's the Purple Daily Surly Draft Night Party. And for one night only, Surly will be brewing a special Before I Die Minnesota Football Ale. We would love to see all of you guys come on out, hang out with us. We're going to be live podcasting, I guess, if you will, on the YouTube channel for like five hours that night, Judd. Yes. Doors open at 3 we start at six, and we will go until the first round of the draft is completed on that Thursday night. And here's the most important thing, too. So this will not be three talking heads talking at you, right? Let's let. Why don't you sit there? Yeah, kid, it'll be and it'll be two of us. Well, Judd gets pounded off of the before Ex- I number die, one. So that's really- true. <laughs> and number two, we'll have a mic and camera. This will be. Basically, a live vent line, too, right? Which could be a wildly is, bad mistake by us, it, but that's okay. But who cares? That's the great thing about this show. Disco demolition. We've made we've made mistakes before. Guess what we do? <laughs> we pick ourselves up, dust our, our, ourselves off, and drink us early. So, yeah. yes, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. Attendees also have a chance to win a 65-inch TCL smart TV. And uh, we've partnered, too, along with Surly, with the food group for the night to help provide nutritious and quality foods for those who need it most across Minnesota. Every customer that comes into the building will get a raffle ticket to win. We're going to be giving away prizes throughout the night. And we encourage everyone to bring canned food items for those in need too. So trying to do a little awesome. bit of everything on this Thursday night. And the admission to get in, hold on. I'm looking through my notes here. Uh, guys, can, can you help me out? What's the price to uh, walk no in? No cover door? charge. No cover oh, charge. Yeah. Just walk in, come hang out. Come press flesh with Judd Zolgad <laughs> and cheers us surly. That's right. Or two. <laughs> All right. Category number two here. How can Kevin O'Connell help elevate this offense and Kirk Cousins with this new partnership? Let's talk about crunch time effectiveness. Now, in fairness, Cousins 
did some pretty good things two or three, four games where he helped lead the offense down the field or they scored or maybe the defense gave it back. Now, there's also some games where, like Baltimore, where they had a chance and they go three and out after an interception. So it's not, it wasn't a full corner turned here for the Vikings, but there were some better signs. But if you look at Cousins' career, He's been very underwhelming late in the fourth quarter. The Athletic did a study going back to 1999, so a 22-year study, three-year study, on crunch time effectiveness where tied or trailing by two scores or less, so you got to team needs you, we're down by 14, we're down by seven, whatever it is, last 10 minutes of the game. So we got to go. The opposing team knows you're going to pass. doesn't matter. Got to bring you back, right? And they used successful drive rate as a measuring stick. So essentially, based on field position, the rate at which the offense moves the chains is the, is the metric here. And they literally listed 108 quarterbacks going back to 1999 and where they rank leading their offense in crunch time. The top 10 is filled with names that you would expect. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, even, uh, even my guy Tony Romo criticized a little bit too much for a couple of bad interceptions at times. Tony Romo was a great fourth quarter comeback quarterback. Just right? like the old Joe. <laughs> Mackie on Tony Romo going to Canton. Yes. Anyway, what's up? Cousins is 75th on this list. He's 75th yeah. on this crunch time effectiveness metric, successful drive rate. He's 75th out of 108 quarterbacks going back to 1999 behind guys like Patrick Ramsey Brock Osweiler, Andy yep. Dalton, and Tim Couch. Whew. Jake Plummer. Love Jake Plummer. Joe Jake Flacco. Plummer, I like Jake Plummer, too. Like Jake Plummer. Josh Freeman is actually ahead of him on this list. Here. Josh Freeman was good before he got bad. <laughs> he had like, like two years where he like was okay. For like a year, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, was a, he was okay. So, you know, again, the, Metro. the object here isn't to dump on Cousins. It, we're looking for solutions here. We are a solution-focused right. show here on Purple Daily. What can right. Kevin O'Connell do? And I would even say to build off the momentum of some of the good things that happened last year with Kirk and Crunch Time, how can how can he go from being just kind of unreliable in Crunch Time to being a guy that you do not want to give the ball to this dude in Crunch Time because he's going to dagger your ass? So what is Crunch Time? Crunch Time is non-perfection. Like things go wrong constantly. They know that's you're going to they know you're going to pass. Exactly. You are a you are a for lack of a better term, sitting duck. They know what you're going to do. They they basically are saying, beat us. You are saying, I can. and But I think this all gets weaved into Kevin O'Connell having the ability to get in Kirk's head and free Kirk's mind. Like, Because I don't really think much of this conversation about Kirk is ever Kirk's physical abilities. Yes, he's not as fast, but he isn't. He's that that. And yeah. and guess what? Tom Brady ain't too. So like, it's not like, well, if you can't move, you're screwed. That's not true. It's nice to be able to run and throw on the run and make plays and scramble. But if you can't, that's not a, a death sentence to your success at this position. So again, I think that this is weaved in with, can you free Kirk's mind? Because the starting point of a drive that you're talking about is this is going to be bleeped up. What can I do? What can I do? And and here's what I want from Kirk. Here's where I know, and this is going to sound really simple, and it might sound dumb, but it's going to it's going to be where I know a step has been taken, a very important step. Do you, do you remember the drive against the feeble drive against the Titans two years back, where mm-hmm. Kirk was like 
throwing the ball. He was like, look, totally lost. And, and look, the Vikings look like crap too. But he had a certain lack of direction there where it's like, oh my God. In the same predicament, Brady will, for instance, spike the ball, be pissed off, Mm-hmm. And be and be like, okay, now we got to go. Doesn't always work, but he's but there, there's an arrogance there, a mentality. That's what I want from Kirk when it's not working. So let's say it's first down, play gets blown up. There's nothing there. Like Kirk can't make a play. I don't want this deer in the headlights, which he gets that look. Like, oh my god, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm going to throw the ball 80 yards out of bounds. I want to spikes the ball basically at the feet of the intended target because it didn't work and you go run the next play. Sounds stupid, but I'm telling you to me, it's important. Yeah, I I would love to see some of that. I think, yeah, but I I think some of what you're saying comes from being fully comfortable in in what you're going to be doing in those moments of crisis. Mm -hmm. If you're in in a moment of crisis, whatever it is, football or anything, you know, okay, what, what is it that I feel comfortable with? And I don't know that he felt that the last few years offensively. Like, and, and maybe I'm wrong on this, and maybe it winds up it's, it's just his heart race is too fast and bad things tend to happen. But what are like the eight plays that we know, listen, all right, the game isn't going the way that we want it to. We're down by 10 points with 10 minutes to go. They know we have to pass. They're going to get pressure. What are the, what are the eight plays that we know we can run or the eight concepts we know that we can run? that are going to get the ball to Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, our best weapons. So that you, listen, Kirk, you know that they're going to get pressure. You know that the clock is ticking. And you know that it's going to be a little bit messy. But you can lean on this, 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 and this. And we're going to dial it up. And we're going to use the complex, the illusion of complexity to, with motions, pre-snap, everything else. Like, when my, this, is the, this is the thing that pissed me off the most about this Mike Zimmer, you know, oh, now we're going to meet for 45 minutes, okay? You should be spending... Hours a week just talking about critical situations with your quarterback. What are we doing in the two-minute drill? What are we doing when the game isn't going well and we're losing? What are we doing when uh, you know they've taken away Justin Jefferson in some creative way? Like, what is our what are the counter punches going into these games that we need to throw so we feel fully comfortable with that? There because it, it oftentimes would feel like oh the defense caught up to something and the offense would disappear for a stretch or. Score three points in the second half against Arizona in that game, the second game of the season, right? Like, what can you turn to to feel comfortable with punching back in those situations? That's what I want those guys to talk about. And I want O'Connell to get Kirk to, if there was a mission statement. So for 2022, the mission statement would be this. Embrace the imperfections. Like, we're always talking about things have to be perfect. I mean, the reality is that's the stupidest statement. Of, of all time, it might be true. It's impossible. It's, stupid. Yeah. it's football. Things are going to break down. It, it's a series often of just broken plays. Yeah. It's what makes a sport a lot of fun to watch. Um, embrace the imperfections, though. So, like, instead of saying, how do we get things perfect? Which, by the way, you probably do for maximum, what, Phil, five plays per game? Like, like if you were to say that play went out perfectly. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Embrace those things and say, okay, instead of saying, yeah, the right guard broke down again. Boy, I can't make that play. How do you make that play? Like, I think this all starts upstairs. I think it's mental and then trickles down. And and O'Connell hopefully can really, truly probably be the first coach in Cousins' career 
to get him to embrace that, to get him to embrace the, the fact that, that things are going to go wrong early and often. And you know what? Who cares? And you know what? You're going to throw picks. Yeah. Dude, you're going to throw picks. Speaking of so, imperfections, by the way. Oh, no, go ahead, Declan. No, you go no, first. No, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I, was, oh. I don't have any imperfections, no. I was just, I was just, uh, I was saying how the same thing of how you want the Vikings to obviously hit the home runs, but then there are going to be moments, right, when JJ gets taken away. And that's where I think an emergence of someone like KJ Osborne or this thought process, which I know we'll get into in mock draft update, can you draft another wide receiver? Can you draft another kind of player that can take your game to the next level? Because uh, there's going to be t- times where they're obviously going to try to focus in on Justin Jefferson and take his game away. I've thought more about the idea of drafting a wide receiver this weekend. I'm kind of like, that's kind of like the thing that I want to happen now. Like we, bro- we, we got broached last week, and now it's like, God, I, two weeks ago, it wasn't even like on the radar. I was like, ah, man, maybe they'll probably draft a receiver, but they're sitting pretty good. It's like, God, if you can draft another number one wide receiver, put him on this offense, that's oh, yeah. how you go from 14th to second in points per game, or uh-huh. first, or and first. Then- and then when when Thielen potentially departs after 2022, guess what? His replacement's right there. Yeah, it's not like how do we find Thielen's replacement? Oh, well, you know why we drafted him last year, and he's pretty damn good. So yeah. So uh, speaking of imperfections, okay, Valley Park Medical Clinic is dedicated to providing breakthrough ED remedies to men in the greater Minneapolis area. Do not be ashamed. Do not be embarrassed. Okay, sometimes. You got to talk to somebody, a professional, to get things working the way that they need to work. And the best part about Valley Park Medical Clinic is they are highly trained and they'll work with you in a discreet manner that will make you feel at home and comfortable in a confidential environment. The treatments are surgery free, drug free, and non invasive. ValleyParkMedicalClinic.com. That's ValleyParkMedicalClinic.com. Uh, Judd's pretty much perfect now that he's lost like 40 pounds. I don't know what, like. <laughs> No, you know, no, this, no. This Judd's masterpiece not here. Judd's no. 52. Judd's got all types of, of problems, believe me. Uh, but yes, I, I have dropped approximately 40 pounds. Last September, I started on the, the Livia Weight Control Center program. I was approximately 240, felt like crap, looked really pretty damn bad, have to say so myself. Now down to 200 pounds and feet. Feeling great, and the best part is I'm keeping the weight off, and that's why it's not called it's not called a diet center. It's called Livia Weight Control Center because I am now in the phase to continue to stay at this weight. And folks, I've lost weight before a lot, been up and down the scale. What I haven't done is I haven't kept the weight weight off. The weight loss itself was simple. Keeping it off is tough, but that's why. You will continue to get help. And by the way, get 25% off the program plus 35 meals for free. 25% off the program, 35 meals for free. Livia.com, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. You, you can, if you join in the Twin Cities, certainly stop in to one of their locations here. But if you're outside the state, let's say you're in Florida and you're like, well, Judd, I'd like to lose weight too. Livia.com is the way to go because you can meet with dietitians virtually. Their program is great. They are coaches. They are helpful. L-I-V-E-A.com. Let's say you're in Florida. You want to lose weight. You can't. Sorry. You like that? Yep. I mean, people are like, you know, like to lose some weight. Okay. We are, uh, no, it's good. People should, people should, uh, okay. You live in Europe. Why don't you hit us up? Um, Category three that I would love, and, and this is kind of an encapsulation of everything, but KOC and Cousins, 
building that relationship again from where it was in 2017, how can they squeeze every morsel of potential out of Kirk and the offense? And category number three is getting Cousins individual statistics. Everyone, you know, 4,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. How do you get his individual statistics and skills to match up with overall offensive and team success, all right? Cousins has been part of two top 10 scoring offenses in his career. Zero top five, zero top seven. Interesting. He's been a starting quarterback for seven years now. Well, that's interesting, right? He puts up these numbers. Like, why don't those numbers translate to top 10 scoring offenses more often? The Vikings were 14th in points per game last year and led the NFL in three and outs. They were also 26th in third down rate. So all of these things and all of this mediocrity as a team despite the fact that Cousins puts up great back-of-the-football card stats. And then if you look at the top 15 passer rating quarterbacks of all time, where Kirk ranks, I believe, sixth right now, he literally has the sixth-best passer rating of all time. He's the only one on that list of 15 whose teams don't have a winning record. The average quarterback on this list, their teams are an average of 52 games above 500. Kirk is exactly 500. So why don't these 4,000-yard seasons and 30-touchdown seasons translate to team offensive success and team wins and losses? There's some bad luck in there. There's some bad defenses. There's some bad offensive lines. There's a Mike Zimmer, of course. What are the other things that need to happen, right? I think it's situational. I think it's third downs. I think it's like in the key moments, are you rising up? individually and as a team, or are you right. wilting, right? So it's kind of the things we've already talked about. Yeah, and Kirk has the talent to certainly post those stats. Like, those stats don't surprise you. It's not like, oh, my God, I didn't think he was good, Yeah, which, which is why he's such a tough guy to talk about. Uh, but I think the most important thing to keep in mind, too, especially about offensive statistics in this era, is they're plentiful. Like, there's a lot of guys that put up impressive stats, there aren't a lot of guys that truly win a ton. And so don't confuse the fact that this league embraces, and it's fun to watch, but it embraces offensive success, right? Receivers now, quarterbacks, running backs, um, certainly have the ability to put up some really, really big statistics. That doesn't mean that they win. And so I would almost, in trying to get Kirk to where Kirk needs to go with Kevin O'Connell, I would almost divorce myself from those stats because those stats aren't what's important. Like if Kirk throws for 175 yards, but the Vikings win, I'm not going to sit here and be like, he only threw for he in that game that they, the season opener was at three years, four years back. Now they blew the Falcons Uh out. They blew the drawers off the, and, and they basically uh, early in that game because it was such a uh, one sided win quit throwing the football. And nobody really complained. Like, his stats were nothing. But who cares at that point? So I think it's very important for the Kirk Stands and us to divorce his statistical success from the reality of winning football games. I think the most important thing for Kirk is, can you overcome adversity to put up stats when it matters? Not, can you put up stats? Mm -hmm. What is your guys' level of confidence that KOC is going to be the magic key that unlocks the potential of this offense. And they go from kind of fringe top 10 to actually being a driving force offense, top five. They're scoring extra touchdown a game. They're just a team that you do not want to have the ball late, right? 
What do you think? What's your level of confidence? Yeah, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the most, um, I would probably put it right now. And it sounds low, but I just I don't know. But it's a six and a half because because we just it's it's the object of we don't know. Like Kevin O'Connell could be an absolute bust, but I but I do want to give him more the benefit of the doubt that he is an offensive genius and can help unlock the offense. So I don't want to just put it right at five and have it be lame. But I, I don't if I'm crossing into like the seven, eight, nine, ten category, that means oh, it's a surefire thing, and I just I need to see it on display before I can really buy in. So right now I'm at like a six and a half, I would say out of 10. Yeah, I'll go with, uh, I'll, I'll go with a six. And the reason why is this Kirk cousins with O'Connell guiding him is going to have phenomenal weapons. So if the offensive, if the skill position players were good, but just good, I'd be like, it's still going to be tough, but if Kirk Cousins doesn't take the next step now, he never will. And and O'Connell is being gifted himself with Jefferson, Thielen, Irv Smith potentially, Dalvin Cook. I mean, there are there are some guys who were definitely not used up to their capabilities previously. So I'm going to say it's a six, but I think it's as much because you are never going to give Kirk Cousins the potential group of of skill position weapons that he's going to have. Yeah. So if it doesn't work now, it's probably never going to work. Yeah, I'm I'm a little higher than you guys. I I, I love what I'm hearing so far and I love that he comes from the Sean McVay coaching tree that's already produced some big successes and some some big offensive leaps. And so I'm like a seven and a half. I think I think he's gonna I don't think this offense is going to be fourteenth in points per game. I would be very surprised, and they, you know, even even that. just adding a couple of veteran offensive linemen. Could it be like, top five? Top ten I think, has I, to be top ten. I think top five depends on Kirk. Right, that's what I'm saying, and I'm just not there yet. Yep, I think it's going to depend on Kirk to to reach a new level in yes. many different ways that he hasn't been at. And if you if you're still, I guess if you've made it through 35 or 40 minutes of this episode and some of the situational yep. holes that are sitting here like if you still deny those things yep. and you keep pointing back to 4,000 yards 33 touchdowns like those back of the football card numbers don't win you football games situations win you football games in the NFL right one of the first things if I was O'Connell and and sat down with Kirk just to talk one of the first things that I would do is pull out Stafford stats and circle the picks and say this did not bother me yeah don't Try to throw eighteen picks. Did right, Stafford lead the NFL in interceptions? I think he might have. I think he may have. But but my, the point is, he had the freedom to do that. Yep. And on the and, on, and on the upside of that, you're going to wind up with three extra plays to Justin Jefferson in a hundred percent in a month that turn into touchdowns or something. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we brought this up on Mackie and Judd before we get to Makaday here. <laughs> really interesting stat from Warren Sharp. And this goes into, I think this is something that's going to just naturally regress, but like the offense can help with this. The offense, the offense led the NFL in three and outs last year, which put the defense in a bad spot. The two teams that were tied at the top of the three and out list offensively, the Texans and the Vikings, the Texans had the second worst defense in the league yards per play in part, because you're putting a gas defense back on the field with your stalled out offense. Right. Right. But Warren Sharp said the Vikings allowed touchdowns on 32% of opponent drives in the final four minutes before halftime or the end of game. Worst in the NFL since 2000. Like, 
and that's when they started tracking this number. So this is the the worst defensive performance allowing touchdowns in the final four minutes of halves in basically in recent NFL history. 32%. NFL average was 12%. The next worst team was 21%. So there's definitely other things at play here, but there's a lot – like, boy, if they can just not be that train wrecky late in halves and late in games, that's got to be worth an extra two wins right there, right? Like maybe that gets you from eight to ten – and then the offensive additions, you know, you can see how you can kind of see what what they were looking at on the inside when they decided to run it back. Like, well, I mean, that's not going to happen again. That was historically bad. And what if we add our offensive expertise to this group? Like, you can kind of see the gears grinding of, oh, we can pretty easily go from eight wins to eleven wins if this, this, this happened, right? Right. Well, and what what's the amount of games that they can simply erase them being close? Because to the point from before, the the Offenses top ten scoring or top five, yeah, like that Detroit 38, game, thirty five points. Instead, Cam yeah. Dantzler doesn't give up that awful touchdown in Detroit if if the Vikings are up by twenty one. Yeah, they had six points in the 14. first half, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, how how do you just get there? Where our defense is far from perfect, but we're not putting them in a situation consistently um, to fail us. Well, which, think which about two, what they did. The two best Vikings offenses in history, the two thousand. Nine offense and the 1998 offense. Those defenses had major flaws. They had some talent, like definitely some Hall of Famers, John Randall, like Jared Allen. But that that 2009 Vikings defense was pretty spotty in the secondary in places. You could definitely gash that defense. 98, kind of the same thing. But when your offense is racing to 31, 35, 40 points, and you have 10, 14 point leads, it's easier to play defense. So that's, the, you know, again, should you be fixing the defense too? Yes, but if you can go from 14th to 5th in points per game, your defense will get better by just existing. <laughs> if, if you do in the first half what you should do, then at the end of the fourth quarter, you're not in position to get burned as much. Yeah. Yeah, so so there you have it. Let us know. What do you guys think? Can Kevin O'Connell unlock this offense and Kirk Cousins in some of these key situations. Let us know in the Purple Daily YouTube comments and, and the uh, the feedback on the score with app. This is going to be so much fun to watch. I'm so curious about this. Yep, and the offseason starts this week, really. Like with we're gonna yep. we're gonna hear from guys for the first time this week. We're working out right now. Let's get it. All right boys, mock a day. Mock-a-day presented by Federated Insurance, our friends helping business owners for over 100 years. Also, April is Safe Driving Awareness Month, so just make sure that you're paying full attention when you're on the road. Right? Make sure that you're hands-free when you listen to Purple Daily in your car. Wait till you're done driving to send us messages. Make it home safe. Federated Insurance with all sorts of safe driving materials on federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Jordan Reed from ESPN.com has a mock draft, and it's not a one-rounder. It's not a two-rounder. Oh, it's top three? No. Five-rounder? three. No, 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 no. Seven-round mock draft from Jordan Reed. Seven rounds! I want a mock! Mock! Let's see what he has happening in the first round first year. So he's got Aiden Hutchinson going to the Jaguars, Malik Willis to the Lions at number two. This is gaining this is gaining steam in certain areas. I wonder if it's a, a real possibility now. 
It's it feels like I'm seeing that more. He brought this up on – I saw him on an ESPN show last week too, and somebody asked him for his boldest draft take, and he said Malik Willis to the Lions at two. Oh, boy, that's just so interesting. Hmm. I got to admit, I am intrigued by this one. Texans taking Evan Neal, the tackle from Alabama, at three. Kayvon Thibodeau to the Jets at four. Iquanu to the Giants at five. Kenny Pickett to the Panthers at six. So two quarterbacks in the first six picks. I like that less. This is, to me, two quarterbacks in the top six is more likely than zero quarterbacks in the top ten. I agree with that. Giants taking Trayvon Walker, edge rusher, Georgia. Falcons taking Kyle Hamilton, the safety. Sauce Gardner to the Seahawks at nine. Garrett Wilson, receiver, Ohio. Still a little run on receivers here. Garrett Wilson to the Jets. Drake London to the Commanders. And that brings us to the Vikings at number 12. And according to Jordan Reed... They're taking a little bit of a risk here on Derek Stingley Jr. I want a mock! Mock! Okay. Yay or nay? Oh, yay. I think he's gone before then. But, yeah, yeah I, I would I would not. I think that he has uh, the talent. There, there was some concern about the foot injury that he suffered last year and the lack of games played, but it sounds like his pro day and his 40 time were outstanding. Yeah. I would not criticize that pick that's now the third time so we've been keeping track of all the mocks we do on the show here the last couple weeks and we'll keep doing it through the draft he now ties trent mcduffie with three appearances on mock a day here so trent mcduffie three Derek stingley jr three times jermaine johnson the edge rusher twice jordan davis the the defensive tackle from georgia uh, one time and then a couple of trades so let's see here i'm just going to fly through a little second round action mcduffie goes 15th Let's get to the second round here. We're the Minnesota Vikings. According to Jordan Reed, as I scroll down, trying to kill some time here. They do have a second round. 46th overall. I think their links are on. There we go. Okay. With the 46th overall. Oh, there's Matt uh, Matt Corral, 40th to the Seahawks. It's very interesting. Desmond Ritter, 42nd to the Colts. Mm -hmm. That might be it. The Minnesota Vikings. At 46, is it pronounced Jalen Petrie, the safety from Baylor? He's right. a do-it-all chess piece in the secondary. Oh, defense, so Stingley, defense. More couple defense. A couple of interesting secondary pieces here to help replenish the defense. Playmaker with great size and speed. Sam Howell, quarterback, North Carolina, goes one pick later to the Commanders. Interesting. I, I, wonder, I wonder if the national pundits and mockers are sleeping a little bit on the potential of Cam Bynum. You know? Yeah, I mean, he was, what, a, th- that Baltimore was a third or fourth round pick or whatever last year? Yeah. He was a, he's put some good games. And Smith did, didn't play in that Baltimore game because he tested positive for COVID, and Cam yeah. Bynum played really well. I wonder if people don't, don't get the fact that there's a chance that, at least internally, Bynum is going to get an opportunity. I think he will, too. Yeah, I mean, the, now the depth behind him, you know, and Harrison Smith's in question probably as a Viking. I'm going to tell you right now, positionally, second-round safety, unless he is great, I'd probably go in a, to, in a different direction position. Yeah. Well, in the third round, the Vikings still going defense here with three consecutive picks. Josh Paschal, defensive lineman from Kentucky. Versatility as a base end in a 3-4 defense makes him an ideal prospect in Minnesota's new scheme. His lower half strength and Hand maturity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hand maturity. Would make him an early contributor in Ed Donatel's defense. I want a mock. Mock. There it is. 
If you can Vikings, look up the other picks if you want on ESPN.com if you want to know who their seventh-round pick's going to be. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to admit I'm going to be extremely surprised if the first three rounds are defense, defense, defense. Because keep in mind, right now, they don't have a fourth-round pick. So basically, that means right now you're going into round five without an offensive pick, and the head coach is an offensive guy. And I know that he is going to be a football coach. Yeah. But uh, I think three I think three draft picks on defense would surprise me. So there you have it. That is mock a day here, your mock draft update on Purple Daily. You can always hit us up in the comment section on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Good stuff here today. We solved some problems here. Solving very, the world's very problems. positive too, but by the way, on Kirk. Like we didn't criticize Kirk. We talked about how this is gonna work. I think we were very Kirk stands will love this show. I mean, like if you can't point out okay, here the listen, the Vikings have they haven't been above five hundred in eight hundred days. If we can't have an objective conversation about Okay, I know that this guy threw for 4,000 yards, but I don't know, just maybe, just maybe there's some things that could be better. So hopefully you hopefully you followed. Hopefully you were tracking there. All right, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. We'll see you tomorrow. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.